couple dudes from Harlem go across to Jersey, uh, try to kidnap some mafia bigwig. They blew it. They killed the guy's runner. But the man maintains that his runner was in Florida on a fishing trip. Looks like war coming, huh? It's a bad thing, John. Mafia against Bumpy. I mean, it's hood against hood on the inside, but on the outside, it's black against white. Could be we can have tanks and troops on Broadway if this thing breaks open. Yeah, you got a point. Here's what some of our visitors look like. Be a good time for it. What, war? <laughs> Fishing down in Florida. You know, it might help if I knew what Bumpy hired you. Never said he did. He did. Gets my ethics to uh, say yes or no, Vic. He put you on the spot, Chef. He did. You're very wise Caucasian, Vic. Welcome, everyone, to the Pantheon. I'm your host, Ray. And today we're looking at Shaft, the 1971 film starring Richard Roundtree and Moses Gunn and Christopher St. John, directed by Gordon Parks. This came out during the start of the Black Exportation movies. This movie is part of our Black History Month. About a year ago to this date, we did a review of Solo, starring Mario Van Peoples. I touched upon very briefly about Melvin Van Peoples, Mario's father. Because two months before Shaft hit theaters, uh, Sweetback was a movie that came out and it really kicked off the idea of the concept of black sportation and or black heroes. I did a review of I'm Going to Get You Sucker last week with the Waynes Brothers and how they used the black heroes of the 70s. Well, this is where it came from. Like a lot of it came from. Melvin Peoples, who did Sweetback, had a guy who was the anti-hero because there is no white savior. And that's what made this genre extraordinary. Uh, Shaft didn't bow to the wills of the white man. Uh, he lived by his own rules. And, and in the end, he didn't concede to help the cops. He did things his way. And uh, it was interesting how that played out. So the story of Shaft is this. John Shaft is a private eye. Uh, he's hired by a gangster played by Moses Gunn to find his missing daughter. Uh, and it's at one point, eventually believed to be a gang, a rival gang of his. And he has he's teamed up with Revolutionary, played by uh, Christopher St. John, to help get Prime Lord's daughter back. Uh, unlike Sweetback, where the hero is on the run, our hero is married. And he had two mistresses he fooled around. So morally speaking, he wasn't necessarily that great. Um, you could tell there's a scene where uh, it's sort of dated. They use a candlestick telephone. The calendar tells you January 1971, which is very evident in terms of the setting. And of course, uh, Isaac Hayes, who did the Oscar-winning uh, soundtrack. This is when they kind of really emphasize giving a theme song or themes to the hero. So the score was amazing. It's memorable. Uh, Isaac Hayes won an Emmy, I think it was, uh, uh, for his work. And the, the song um, for Shaft won an Oscar. I think it, it, was, it had a bunch of half a million dollars. It made like $10 million back. And, and so Shaft, big score, followed by this. Gordon Parks directed that movie too. Uh, Parks, kind of like Cameron Crowe, Started off as a photographer. Uh, he his pictures were picked up and developed by Life Magazine. Well, Cameron Crowe did was a photographer for uh, Rolling Stone. 
but with, with Parks, he's been an activist all his life. From the time he was 16 to the day he probably died, he was an activist and he fought the cause. But he was also an author. He wrote a memoir. Uh, he's a musician. Uh, he was a musician right up until his almost declining years. Uh, and of course, he was a film director and writer, and uh, he was prolific at that. Um, uh, it made Richard Roundtree a star, and it, it, it did not compromise. It, it pushed boundaries. So in terms of reception, I think at the time, yes, it, because it was controversial, because of having a black hero not seen before, especially in that, in that context, it's been regarded as one of the better film in terms of film history. And uh, I think uh, two years later, we had Coffee starring uh, Pam Greer, who was the first black woman who um, basically became a hero too. Uh, she had to like go through the grunge until getting her revenge. So it's a different structure in terms of what the male hero dominant was. It was a female uh, a protagonist, uh, you know, seeking revenge. And she was smart and she was sophisticated. Foxy Brown came after that. So the, this, this genre or the subgenre, if you will, uh, got bigger and bigger because he had Superfly. You had various other hero. Um, now, even though the heroes were pimps and hook pimps and thugs and gangsters and drug lords, um, Yes, there were some parts of it, yes, that was still playing on a cer certain stereotype. It gave its anti-hero a platform that they could, they could stand alone and and lead. The only problem was um, heroes of the 70s, like whether it's um, uh, Street, Mean Streets, or, uh, or um, Mean Streets, I think it was one with uh, Christopher Reeve and uh, Morgan Freeman, in terms of like viciousness and seriousness, his demeanor was very, very on point. Or whether it's uh, Shaft or Superfly or Hurricane, um, the characters dealt with a negative stereotype, which is his detriment. But it was an element where blacks were in the forefront, paving a way of being leading characters. And so, if you had to start someplace, this was the start um, because you didn't have that in Hollywood, and this allowed that transition of having a black leading man. I mean, since Sidney Poitier, you uh, Richard Pryor films and stand-up, you know, uh, Sidney Poitier directed *Stir Crazy*, you know, which I did not know it until years later, and he did three, I think, three other comedies um, since then, uh, and they were like just stellar performances and his showcases, you know. Uh, Pryor and Pryor and Wilder because uh, they, they did like Another You, Silver Bullet, and Stir Crazy. So the genre, you know, it kept running, it kept going, it kept developing, and it was really a really really cool time. So let's get into the email bag. Buford mailbag song, hit it. Letters. I get letters. So many letters. This is from Jared Cantaloupe's BC, and Jared writes, "It fared much better than any." all its sequels, and won an Oscar for the title song. I see it as an anti-hero in a corrupt world with a myopic view. And the last I have some Lionel Winslow found to be seen, and uh, Lionel writes, Even when interactions remain low-key, Shaft's screen presence and larger-than-life attitude are enough to spice things up. Yep, I agree. Uh, now, the show went on to uh, spin off, I think, four uh, more movies, including a, a cartoon series, I believe it was, or a TV series, which we don't want to get into and a reboot with Samuel L. Jackson in 2019, like shaft, big score shaft in Africa. And there was, I think two more shaft reiterations that follow through Uh big score was a little better. 
directed by uh, Gordon Sparks again. Shaft and Africa became a parody of itself, putting him in just a bizarre situation, uh, starring Richie Roundtree. So I liked the first one. It took the genre very seriously, and it made no excuses for the hero. And that's something you don't see. It's very, very, sh the shades of gray of right and wrong is very prevalent. Though uh, there is, but the one thing that's prevalent is that there's no white savior in those films. And, and they stay hard to press that point. So with that, I'm your host, Ray. We'll see you next time. Take care. The mob wanted Harlem back. They got Shaft up to here. All I'm asking you is to let me know what's going on. No names, no places, just what? Okay, Tom, use up your minute. Get out! Don't tell me, man. You want to play your super heavy black number? I'm going to play mine. We can nail your tail for manslaughter on what we got on you right now. Shaft. Hotter than bond, cooler than bullet. Rated R. If you want to see Shaft, ask your mama.